Hello, you are listening to CITR Radio 101.9 FM, broadcasting from unceded Musqueam Territory in Vancouver. This is your host, Ileana, and this is the Arts Report. Oh, it's so good to hear everyone, or, well, not really here, but I'm glad that you guys are listening in. I'm kind of a little nervous right now because uh, I have kind of my family uh, in, and they're listening to me do this, so this is, like, added pressure. So if I'm, like, stumbling or anything like that, like, sorry. Um, yeah, so this show's going to be really good today. Uh, I'm really excited. We're going to hopefully, as you kind of know from many, many, many of our phone interviews, it's kind of a little hard to get that, like, beginning started. Uh, but hopefully we'll be able to talk with Alex Fisher, and he's going to talk to us about, uh, he's going to be performing in the Vancouver Bach Festival. Uh, I'm really excited to talk to him. Uh, he, I told him to call around like 5.05 because I was like, oh God, I hope the in- entrance of this like uh, radio goes really well and I hope we don't like make anything bad. Uh, so we did. And I'm kind of happy we had a little with music kind of when like you hear like two sounds of music that are like theme songs and then like the music that usually plays um, for when there's no one else talking. But yeah, now you listen to us, and so I guess we're just going to kind of patiently wait while I just talk to you about some stuff. Oh, we're also, after we're ta- after we're done talking with uh, Alex Fisher about his um, whole role, uh, we're going to talk about a novel that I read, um, because it's really, really hard to go out and see things when you're just, like, swamped with work um, chalk, and so I read that today <laughs> I read that today or I reread it today um, and so I'm just gonna kind of talk to you about that and hopefully it'll be really good uh, now we're still waiting we got like two minutes where we're just kind of like I'm just kind of talking about stuff that I'm doing um yeah so I said that it, my family's here and I'm really excited to shout out to my family because I love them um, and we're just doing like a lot of fun stuff uh, I was hopeful I was like trying so hard to get uh, Bart on the Beach tickets, but they sold out and I was like dying. I was like, no, Bart on the Beach, why? I'm like, I'm glad that you're selling out, but also like, I want tickets. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, that's, I'm, other than that, I mean, I don't I haven't been really watching any art stuff and I like literally haven't seen any movies either. So it's like uh trying to get out there, trying to do stuff, um trying to enjoy art. <laughs> and as we continue, as you listen to my struggles and my complaints, um we're still, <laughs> still waiting for that 505. It's getting closer though. So that's good. <laughs> so I'm not just rambling to you. That's gonna come in in our later segment. I'll like we'll have the the interview, then we'll have um, our book in inter- our like book review. Um, and I have feelings about chalk. I don't know if these feelings are good or not. So that'll be interesting. Oh, here it comes in. Hey, can you hear? Hello. Hey, Alex. Hi. Oh, nice. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Awesome. Great. I'm so excited to talk to you. Great. Well, glad to make it work. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Sure. Um, so y- you are um, participating, w- performing as like the member of the a- uh, Capella Borealis? Capella Borealis. Is Borealis. What we call ourselves. Yes. Yeah, and you're. What was, what's the? Could you tell me a little bit about the piece that you're doing for the festival? Oh well, um, this is an entire uh, program of music that we're offering on uh, Tuesday, August seventh at seven thirty p.m. at Christchurch Cathedral. Um, the title of the program is called "De Profundis: Seventeenth-Century Sacred Music for Solo Bass." And um, it features a fantastic uh, bass singer who's based in Geneva, Switzerland, named uh, Stephen McLeod. And um, this program explores a repertory of music uh, from the 1600s, mainly from Germany, 
which was a very war-torn and, and desperate place uh, during this century due to religious conflict. And uh, this repertory, um, this concert explores a range of music that expresses themes of penitence and lamentation and thanksgiving. And um, the, the kind of the sound that it's based around is the sound of the solo bass singer with four sackbutts, which are early trombones. And um, the group makes a wonderful sound together. Yeah, I I was wondering about your instrument that you play. I was I never have heard of this instrument before at all. Um so it's kind of um cool. Could you um have you been playing this instrument for a while? Yeah, I mean, I've actually been playing um the sackbut since I was an undergraduate at the university. Um I picked it up um, I'm actually a, a, a modern trombone player by training, and that's what I was studying at university. But I had the opportunity to join an ensemble dedicated to early music, so that's music roughly before the year 1750. And I basically got to play the early version of the modern trombone, which is what we call the sackbut. And it actually looks quite a lot like a modern trombone, and it's played in a similar fashion to the modern trombone. But it does have a few um, differences in terms of the size and the thickness of the metal, and the sound is, is rather different, too. It's much softer, it's much more delicate and flexible, um, but it doesn't have the, the overwhelming uh, power and volume that the modern instrument has. So that's an instrument that I've played on and off, really, for the last uh, 25 years. And um, I've been delighted in the last five years or so to be associated with a group of fantastic local uh, trombone players, uh, Jeremy Berkman, Ellen Marple, and Nathan Wilkes. And in the past few years, we have dedicated ourselves to this instrument and to developing as an ensemble to try to um, explore these uh, sounds that were common 400 years ago but no longer are. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think that's really cool to get that kind of um, instruments that a lot of people kind of don't like recognize or know right off the bat um, and bringing them I think guess uh, more into the light and uh, do you think that this like the the um, sackba is good because you were talking about how it's a little bit softer than the trumpet is mm -hmm. um, do you feel like that's like kind of the best instrument to play this the themes that you're going for in the the pieces that you're doing for the um the Bach festival sorry yeah um well you know by by the by the time that this music was written this is roughly between the years 1600 and 1650 um were often used in churches uh, to play along with church choirs. So they already had, by this time, a, a kind of a religious connotation to them. Um, they sort of evoke the sound of, um, like if you think of the, the biblical story of, the, of uh, the trumpets throwing down the walls of Jericho, for example, um, trombones are often kind of seen in a, in a similar light with these kinds of kingly or, or religious connotations. So I do think a lot of uh, composers, including the composers that we're going to perform um, on our concert, they really wanted to exploit this sound, which, is, which was a sound of great uh, profundity, uh, great solemnity, and for these composers that wanted to set vocal texts that express these themes of lamentation and penitence, um, they often turned to the early trombone, the sackbut, to add that special kind of tone color. So that's, that's really what we're trying to exploit in this program. 
what what would you say would be one of your one of the pieces that you will be playing um which one is like kind of your favorite one um we're gonna play a piece that i've been playing for a quarter century and it's it's probably perhaps the most famous piece written for an ensemble of sackbutts it's a piece by the german composer heinrich schutz and it's called uh, Philimi Absalon, which is a Latin text, which means my son Absalon. And it's scored for a solo bass singer singing the text. And he has the four trombones as an accompaniment. And the thing that I love about this text, it's extremely short. It is uh, a lament that King David sings when his son Absalom is killed in battle. And uh, Absalom had actually raised an army against his own father, David. He was defeated and killed. But David, despite the fact that his son had become his enemy, he bewails the death of his son with this very, very short text, My son, my son, my son, Absalom, I wish I could have died in your place. And the, the, the penitential and the, the lament character of the bass is really supported by the four sackbutts underneath um, who sometimes play together with the voice and sometimes play short instrumental interludes. But it's a, it's a piece of wonderful gravity and expression. Um, I've been a fan of it for a quarter century, and um, I'm really, really happy to have a chance to perform it in a couple weeks. Yeah, it sounds like a really interesting piece, and having kind of the backstory of the piece itself and what it, it the themes and uh, kind of significance of it, I think makes it even more interesting or where people are kind of just like, trying to figure it out or in, in a way I guess like mm-hmm. l- listening to the way that the music kind of goes up and down and how that correlates with the story yeah absolutely is this is this going to be your first time playing for the Bach Festival uh, because it is a, a a new festival it's like the third annual one I'm pretty sure is this your first time or have you done stuff with the Bach Festival before uh, this is our second appearance in the Bach Festival. Um, last summer, um, Capella Borealis appeared really for the first time as a group in a program of uh, Lutheran music for, for uh, Vespers uh, from the 17th century. And we uh, teamed up with a fantastic choir led by uh, Jake Gramet and Lucy Smith and um, performed a wonderful program um, of Italian and German music of the 17th century. And uh, we've also had the privilege of uh, performing with uh, Musica Intima, which is a local chamber choir doing really wonderful, inventive programs. So um, as a group, Capella Borealis. We've been playing together for about five years at this point, I would say, and... um, and we, we feel like we're ready to take the next step and, and uh, come into, uh, more, in, more into uh, public awareness, as it were. So uh, this uh, concert in the Bach Festival, it's definitely our most ambitious program that we've played um, since we have uh, formed as a group. And so we are um, nervous, but also <laughs> very, very, very excited to uh, present it to, uh, to a bigger public. That's awesome. I didn't know that you guys were a new group. That's so cool. Thank you. Well, I'm really God, now I'm even more excited to like hopefully go to this festival and Great. see you guys. Hope you can come. <laughs> um you so you for the first time that you did like kind of the Bach festival, you said that you did like Italian and German and and this one you're doing German as well. Mhm. That's great. Is I, I do you guys kind of focus on German um that air like that area i guess like german music it is a, a bit of a focus for us and and one of the reasons for that is actually has to do with where these instruments used to be made and where they were used most frequently 
Um, in Europe, 400 years ago, there was only one city on the entire continent that specialized in the manufacture of brass instruments like sackbuts, and that was the city of Nuremberg in the center of Germany. And so there are the, the, the surviving specimens of these instruments that you can see in museums today. All of them were built in the city of Nuremberg between, say, 1550 and 1700. So the instruments were really disseminated within a German context. And it was in Germany where I think they were adopted most enthusiastically and regularly by churches and choirs. Um, and it's not to say that they weren't heard elsewhere. I mean, the, the, the great Italian of Venice had a fantastic musical ensemble around the year 1600, and they, they had uh, trombones along with a wealth of many other um, instruments. But I would say that the repertory that's specifically intended for sackbuts, um, it tends to be somewhat German because, I mean, it has to do partly with where the instruments were manufactured, and it also has something to do just, I don't know, with the musical tastes and aesthetics of local composers and, and church musicians in German cities and towns. Oh, I didn't, man, I'm learning so much more about this instrument than I realized. Thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, I, oh man, I'm like trying to get, trying to figure out, because there's, I want to know that if, um, the, the theme of the, your pieces that you're doing is like, um, kind of, uh, pen, um, Thanksgiving and like, sorry if I keep saying like, um, uh, you just like repentance, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, and if that, how do you guys come up with like the themes that you showcase in these kind of huge festivals? Yeah. I mean, that's a, it's a, it, it's a tricky thing. And I think every program is different and it has a different kind of topic and, and theme behind it. Um, this program, De Profundis, which means out of the depths, it, it, it comes from the Latin psalm of King David where he uh, laments to God and, and supplicates to God to forgive him uh, for his sins. I, I've, I've thought for a long time that there, there is this you know, wonderful repertory of music by various composers that set this text both in Latin as well as in German, um, pieces um, for voices, pieces for trombones and mixtures of the two in different kinds of ensembles. And, um, you know, I, I've been aware for a long time of this, this small but intense repertory of music based on the psalms uh, for solo bass and trombones. Um, the Philly Me Absalon by Schutz is probably the most famous example, but there are others that we're going to perform on this program. And um, when Matthew White approached me a couple years ago to think about putting together a program, um, I immediately seized on this idea because I, I knew that there, were, there was this wonderful kind of coherent group of pieces that expressed this theme of lamentation and penitence and I thought it'd be a perfect opportunity to bring it all together. Oh, nice. Well, it's kind of uh, the our like final time. Is there anything else you want to say before we um, head out? Well, um, I, I just want to invite anyone who's listening to come to our show on uh, Tuesday night, August 7th at Christ Church Cathedral. Um, it's going to be a very colorful program. I mean, despite the, the theme of lamentation and penitence, we've also mixed in many, many different instrumental colors. We're going to have other instruments as well. We have a violinist who's coming, um, a viola da gamba player, an organist, and uh, a fantastic player of the cornetto, which is a wind instrument they used 400 years ago, which has fallen out of use today. 
and we actually get a chance in this concert to experience the sound of the cornetto together with the trombones, which is a really rare opportunity. So it's going to be a really colorful program. We're working with some fantastic national and international musicians, and uh, we're really grateful to be a part of the Bach Festival and um, thankful for the opportunity to perform. Awesome. And this is all um, being done by the Vancouver Bach Festival, and it's from July the 30th to the August the 10th. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for coming in. Um, again, that was Alex Fisher. He was super cool. A very interesting, um, like, kind of, um, <laughs> sorry, I keep saying um, very interesting way of looking at the kind of history of instruments. And I think it definitely place to check out. So we're going to have some ads and a PSA, and I'll get back to you later. Without the help and support of our friends, we here at CITR wouldn't be able to bring you all the great music, art, cinema, and culture that you love. Thanks to the long-standing support from the Rio Theatre, we are able to keep you informed on all the great artists, films, and everything else coming to town there. For all the current information about who and what's playing at the Rio Theatre, visit their website at www.riotheatre.ca. Music Initiative is a student-led club that aims to connect students' music with their community. We host monthly socials for our members to perform in a welcoming environment and to feel more confident in their music abilities. In addition, we offer students on and off-campus performances that allow them to share their talent and passion while giving back to the community. To learn more, take the initiative by liking us on Facebook or emailing us at ubcmusicinitiative at gmail.com. guys so that was a really interesting talk um i definitely would want people to go check that out the bach festival i feel and it's kind of like still a newish festival i think this is i'm again i said i think but i'm pretty sure it's their third annual bach festival i always do that i think because i just always i'm like doubting myself on stuff like that um, and I know that's not really good for a radio host to do, I feel like, but at least I'm being honest about it. Um, yeah. So I told you guys I was going to tell you, talk to you about chalk. So chalk, it's, oh my God, it's an interesting book. I can't tell if I like it or not. It is, um, it is by Doug. Oh God. You, oh God, you know how bad I am at names. I'm so bad at names. I'm going to try, but if I'm wrong, if how to say this, I'm so sorry. Um, Doug Dissac? No, not that. Dissac. Oh, God. That sounds like he sucks. I'm not saying that. I'm sorry. I'm really, really bad at names. Um, Yeah, I don't know how I feel about this book. Uh, The book you... It's an interesting writing style the book does. Usually when you have a novel about a story, you usually have like the character's name. Uh, but in this one, it's all of the the kind of like he said or this person said of the main character. It's more of you said, you, you. And like you are the main character itself. And so it kind of reads sometimes like, visual novel I guess in a way it does like a lot of those but you can't unlike visual novels you can't like press the button to like choose how your character is going to react and there's always there's already kind of a set um set attitude and set um appearance of this of the person you're kind of following who might be you or might not be you it's it's a very confusing book and I really kind of enjoyed that that whole putting you as the main character. I thought that was like a really interesting thing to do. I don't think I've seen I don't uh, again, it like stood out to me because I don't think that's like a huge thing people do. Um but I 
it's hard to it's a really good way doing the you but it's a hard thing to do when you have such a an unlikable character in like the first uh (laughs) in the first few pages I was like oh no I don't like this character I like I'm understanding what he's doing and like he has stuff going on with him but like also I like uh I'm like hate I like don't I don't get that emotional connection to him and I I would even say I have like a huge it's more of an emotional like push away when he when they do the use when they'll be like you did this it makes me push away from this person at all or this story at all because I I I don't like this person that I've that I am or is it's yeah so it it kind of makes it took a while for me to kind of finish this because it it was such like a new reaction of being like oh I don't don't really want to read this story because I don't have a connection to the character or I don't really care about their struggles and I'm not gonna lie the the kind of backstory of not the backstory but the story of this guy is it feels like one of those like those movies I guess that have this guy who's terrible and is like oh but he's a really nice guy underneath and he he has like um stuff like that and I think in this one they heavily implies that he does have mental issues um like he's kind of going to see a psychiatrist at some points in the thing and then he's not and it it's a weird thing um but I, I'm going to use them as a he because even though the, the kind of text of it does the you stuff, it's kind of easy to distance yourself from what the you is. Um, so the main character, um, you just follow him and him just kind of trying to, kind I guess, get better. I And he is uh, his companion. L, which is the as the kind of back of the book puts it, a mysterious third gender runaway. Right off the bat, when I heard L was like that, I was I was like, oh no, I'm because it's it feels like one of those like those tropes of the manny pixie dream girl sort of thing. Well, she's like, oh, she's so different, and they were doing it with kind of making it a little more obvious with like the gender and it's weird because he still at points like says she I don't I don't know so I mean Elle's cool like I I was like um is this game representation maybe I'll take it (laughs) I'll I'll just take this, I guess. This is my this is my character now. Um so yeah, it's and there's points in the kind of thought process that uh your kind of main character goes through that you just are like maybe I do like cuz like some of his thought processes are weird like it feels at times like it's like I'm deciphering what is actually happening. So because I'm in the head of this character so much that I'm seeing I'm doing this, I'm doing this, like you are doing this. Um, since I'm getting that, it's the way that the kind of main character thinks is shown through the book very, very well. Uh, but it kind of makes you be like, okay, so this is probably not what happened at all and you're just sitting there being like okay like did that actually happen did this like happen or how did this actually look like and yeah it's it's a really it's one of those books that's kind of I guess looking really deep into like how people think I guess or just like weird thoughts I think people a lot of people have I 
I would definitely say this book is interesting. I wouldn't know if I would say it was like a good interesting or a bad interesting. It was just interesting. I mean, if you are really into that kind of looking, um, I guess if you're really into looking into your mind or something like that, or looking into like um, how how those how kind of surrealist uh, paintings are, I feel like this is like a surrealist book in a way. Like not nothing makes sense at times, or this is just really off-topic things he says and it's just like oh no you probably shouldn't say that or stuff like that um and yeah I don't I wouldn't say I wouldn't recommend this to someone but I think I'd have to really know the person to recommend it like this ain't like a gift you can go buy and give it to like someone you're like oh you like reading here you go you gotta like really kind of know what they're looking for it's it's a it's a kind of a melancholy sad surrealist book and I think you definitely would give it to someone who is interested in the writing aspect and yeah the writing aspect because I definitely think the writing aspect of it the way that it is laid out to you being kind of the main character is really really cool and I just think it's some it again it's just frustrating at times I guess because because it's the book's placing you as the controller of this story but you're not really in control so you're just kind of like standing there being like I have no control and why are you pretending that I do um and it's just this frustrating thing of being like I don't want them to do that could you like you're placing me as like the head person and I can't do anything and it's frustrating um so it does get kind of frustrating at times um but I I don't think I wasted my time reading it it's whew, yeah I some of the I think issues they bring up um are I don't know if they are handled well or not I'm kind of up in the air I this this is definitely a book I think you need if you do buy and you do read it I think you need to read it like two times maybe three times just going over it because like I'm still at times just kind of right now I'm just still flipping through it just trying to like like read it again or understand it or try to pick up on things that the author put in it um yeah it's it's not bad but it's not great it just has a really cool style and I honestly kind of want to see more of that style I think maybe handled a little bit in a better way or at least in a more sympathetic character in the beginning because in the very beginning he's like you're automatically turned off you're like oh no I'm gonna have to read this about this guy I really don't care about this guy he's like a real creeper and he's like a really huge creeper and I like I don't know maybe some other people wouldn't be too bad about it but I just automatically just like no and the way that he sees the world, I guess this could even be kind of a play in a way. It feels like a play at times, too, with the way that the formatting is. Um, usually, the way that people kind of... There's no um, kind of... I'm doing, like, air, like, quote marks, I guess is what you would say, for when you would usually have someone that talks to you have the quote mark, and then you have what they say, and then the ending quote mark, and that was it they don't have that in this book um it's usually how it goes it's that um they um not in that they go to sorry they go to a new line and do the um, speech there so it's like a back and forth thing so sometimes that can be a little confusing because I guess I'm used to having those um kind of quote marks 
like directing me or I guess in a way or understanding that those that sometimes uh people will continue forward and talk a lot or interrupt other people and it's kind of hard to see that when it's like a back and forth thing like she'll say a question and then he'll reply and then she'll ask another question and then he'll reply and it's like back and forth instead the kind of conversations are mostly like someone will say something and then someone will say something over them or stuff like that so sometimes it can be kind of confusing who's talking to who um yeah i i'm kind of glad i read it I'm saying in a question, questioning voice of whether I feel glad or not that I read this. I don't. I don't want to seem like I'm hating this book all the way. It's just, so I'm just hating. I guess I just hate the main character. I just hate him. <laughs> I feel no sympathy for him and kind of don't really care a lot about him. Um at all and I like the book does a little bit better I think during the very ending of it um to make him more sympathetic but uh I still didn't like him and so the the journey that he goes through um with his cool 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 companion L. I love that her name is L. it's so cool also it reminds me of like death note so that's even better um, she, they just, I don't really care whether he gets better or not. Like, there's no emotional attachment I felt for him. And I think that's mostly because any first impression that you get from a character in the book, that's how it is. And then, I mean, that's how it is in, like, real life, too. The first part, like, people that you meet, you try to make sure that you leave a good first impression because that's how they're going to think of you from, like, now on. Um, and just... The first impression you get of him is, like, him telling a woman that she's, like, ugly. And it's like, oh, God. Also, he tells it to a girl, a customer service worker, and it's like, oh, my God. Oh, I feel this customer ser- I feel more sympathy for the customer service girl than I do for the main character out of everything. And it's like, that's something... I feel like something bad. Like, you should show that your character is working to be better but I think you should also try to at least when you first meeting them do like something small to make them a little sympathetic I guess or like have him like take care of a plant or an animal to show maybe like good things but also he's like a jerk to like a girl a woman and I'm like mm, not a fan not a fan of that um yeah I mean if if you kind of like those melancholy um, books of journeys where people kind of learn to be better, be a better person, this is definitely kind of your book. But I also think there's maybe some better books out there. I guess you could only just kind of only read this to get like that really to see kind of the cool way that he uses the you in the um the author uses you to make you the main character and how that kind of affects your reading. Maybe even make you more like you'll be like, oh man, he is me. So I have to care about him or maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. So that's kind of my review of Chalk. I have, as you could tell, mixed feelings about it. I would definitely only recommend Chalk if you are interested in those kind of journey movies um, to be a better person, um, or interested in kind of writing. So that's the only time I would say read this book. Uh, but other than that, I think that there are maybe better books. Um, but it's by Doug, I'm just gonna spell his last name because I'm really bad at last names. It's like D-I-A-C-Z-U-K. Yeah. I'm not gonna say it again because I don't want to be a meanie head. Okay, awesome. So I'm just going to do another ad and PSA and then we're just kind of going to talk shop. Yeah, I hope that's okay with everyone. I'm not that bad, great at stuff, but oh, we could talk, talk about the uh, upcoming week since it's LGBT week coming up. I'm super excited, as you could probably tell. In me is a reflection of our return.
Were you directly affected by the LGBT purge in the Canadian Armed Forces, RCMP, or Federal Public Service? If so, a legal settlement may affect your rights. You may be eligible to receive compensation of $5,000 to $50,000 or more in cases of exceptional harm, as well as other non-financial benefits, or you may choose to opt out of the settlement. Information about the settlement, deadlines, your rights, and the claims process is available at lgbtpurgesettlement.com. That's lgbtpurgesettlement.com. Are you looking for a volunteer opportunity that fits your schedule? Being a big sister takes less time than you think, and you can choose the volunteer opportunity that fits your life. Spend just one hour a week as a study buddy, tutor, or two hours a week as a big sister. Check out the various mentoring programs at Big Sisters of BC Lower Mainland and find a volunteer position and a little sister that will suit you to a T. Visit bigsisters.bc.ca for more information today. Hey, and now we're back here again. Yeah, I'm. So that that was a little bit darker than usually, um, but I think that's. I mean, LGBT. Q um plus uh, yeah I know we're adding more letters um I say we as we are the collective gays um yeah I'm really excited for the new week that's coming up all pride all day every day I mean it's 2018 so we're already doing a great job um I'm really excited about stuff that's happening here soon and I hope to get some more kind of pride um since we're doing kind of a pride show on our next um time that we get together hopefully um we'll have more um more gay authors or plays that we're going to talk about and i'm just going to focus on this because it's pride i'm really really excited and i know this is kind of this is kind of part of the um program right now is more of just like spitballing stuff to you and telling you stuff about what's happening um around not a rule not really around because I'm mostly just talking about myself um and stuff I'm doing um I'm definitely going to Victoria and going to the uh Richmond night market and I'm super excited about it I've been wanting to go there for a while and it's like really, really cool. I definitely, if anyone's listening on to here, the Richard Night Market is definitely the place to be. I try to tell a lot of people to go there, but it's not, I don't think it's like advertised a lot to many um, kind of tourists that come in. And I do tour guides all the time because that's my job doing tours, which is fun. <laughs> um, but I try to tell people to go to the Richmond Night Market a lot. Um, cause it's really, really cool. And if you haven't gone there already, take your friends, go. It's so much fun. You should all go. Um, yeah. Other than that, uh, things I've been kind of doing or, um, relating to, um, art stuff. I'm definitely, there's, um, besides I went karaoke with my friends, um, I've been trying to finish up this uh game because my uh little brother um <laughs> wants it back desperately and i decided to take it instead um <laughs> uh, but it's like the persona uh five game that i know it's like an old game now i well i guess it's not old game now but it's not that popular anymore or as lasted of its kind of um not popular anymore i mean the persona fandom is like crazy but it's not like a newer game that's coming out so yeah i'm trying to finish that up i'm almost closed and oh my god there's so much dialogue in it i never knew so much dialogue could be in a game before it's made me um miss a bus multiple times because there's no save point there's only just dialogue for a huge section of time and I'm just standing there like I need to save I don't want to go through this again and I have to sit there and read or like listen to like the voice actors tell me stuff and I'm like okay could you like give me like a bite-sized information of all this because like I don't need all this back and forth talk or you just saying the same thing over and over again 
And so that's kind of frustrating. Um, and just like Persona games are problematic in their own right. Speaking of Persona games. Um, yeah, I think other than that, I know for sure that I will definitely go out to see the Pride Parade. I went to go see it last year. It was a really, really cool time because I was just talking about Persona and I know I'm jumping around, uh, but since it's still Pride, I guess the Persona and Pride are similar because they both have P's in the first name. I know that's a desperate grab for connection, but it's a connection, so I'm just going to say that's how I kind of jumped into my mind. Um, but definitely I went to go see the kind of Pride Parade last year. Obviously, um, I was doing summer classes, so I was not able to go to the after party, but I'm hopefully going to the party that's um, right afterwards. Um, yeah, I think we are kind of, I'm trying to think of more things to say, and I'm kind of running out, but I think at this point, I either can continue rambling, which I think is the best option, or um, kind of end early. Um, if that's so you guys can listen to some very very good music instead of me just rambling but I mean it's only like a few more seconds of myself rambling so it's like maybe ramble a little bit more so I can get that sweet sweet time uh time slot finished um yeah oh Jake's coming back soon so that's gonna be really cool that's we're finally going getting back our favorite host or at least my favorite host because at least I won't be doing hosting anymore so a little uh, hopefully it'll be a little more structured as Jake is the best um but he's coming back um not this uh August uh weekend I think he's coming the next uh showing so not the showing coming not the next showing that's going to be the pride um kind of the pride episode Although all the episodes are Pride episodes, but it has me in it. Bisexual representation represent. Um, but he will be coming back in the next, next show. And yeah, I'm really excited to have him back. Um, I'm Again, this is like my first time doing all the hosting. So I hope you guys had a good time kind of listening to me just talk about stuff that I really, really liked. Um, and trying to be a little bit better a host to you guys. I hope you guys are the or I guess the listeners um enjoyed it enjoyed our short short time together um well we had like three episodes so it's like a month so maybe not like a short short time but I mean we only do four episodes or maybe three episodes oh man I feel like even more of a bad host now that I don't know the episodes we do. Um, I think this is going to be our third episode together as me being the host. Um, but it's been like a really fun time doing this and I'm really grateful to have had the opportunity. And I know it kind of sounds like this is like, this is the final episode with Liliana as host. But uh, I have one more show with you guys, so... Hold off, hold on a little bit longer for Jake. He's coming, I swear. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm really excited for all the. It's summer. There's always going to be really cool shows coming in and bands coming in and plays coming in as well. And I think definitely, again, if you're, I really want to give a shout out to um, Lestrada the bar to the beach because that play look sounds really cool and I haven't seen it yet and I also want to give a shout out to again Tim and of Athens if you haven't seen it please go see it it's really really good and oh my god the set design is oh man so good in the last final scenes it's so great you have to go see it just for that reveal it's honestly worth it um Besides that, I guess, again, another shout out. I'm doing lots, lots of shout outs because it's like five more minutes on time. Um, another shout out to the once. Um, another kind of cliche um, 
it's a it's a cliche story but you're not really there for the story it's more of the actors themselves because they're such good singers they're so 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 good you really need to go check it out it's really really good and a lot of fun it's all irish songs too or not irish they're not all irish songs but they all have it's from like the play is set in ireland so i guess they have like this irish feel to it um it's definitely like a a show you should check out and i'm trying to think of other shows that i've seen already um i mean other than buying swan song um which i've talked about in our last episode i think that's all i kind of which i really liked a lot i if you love music swan song is your your girl your guy your person you're whatever whatever you feel like it's yours take it um yeah i think that's kind of all of my shout outs oh no i like those things that i love so much and giving so much shout outs to and now it's like oh i see how it is oh definitely give a shout out to barn on the uh not barn on the beach um the vancouver festival the bach festival the vancouver bach festival definitely go check them out it sounds like a really cool performance and it looks like it's gonna be it's like their third annual one they're still new and i think they still should get some more kind of um like attention and like people coming to go check it out because i think uh old music or i guess since this is like really really classical music i guess it feels like sometimes it gets like a bad rap or no one wants to hear that sort of thing and bless your life super old but like i think it's a really cool um kind of thing to go check out i mean I think classical music is still really, really cool. Or not, yeah, I think it's still really cool. And it's, like, really awesome to see new instruments. I mean, we just learned a lot about this instrument, and I was so scared I was going to say it wrong, so that's why I asked him to say it first, because I was like, oh, God, I know for sure about myself I'm going to say it wrong, and it's going to be very embarrassing. Um, yeah, I'm so glad that he said it. Um, yeah, and his... And he's actually a UBC professor here. Alex Fisher is a UBC professor here. So that's kind of cool. Get UBC. Um, since this is a UBC radio show, it's cool to get some uh, professors that we have on air here. Since they kind of know some of the students, I guess. I don't know if they know any of this. I don't do any music classes, so I don't know him. Uh, but he sounded really nice and he's a really good interview. So I was very happy about it. Yeah. So this is kind of the end of our show. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys have a great um, time and we're just gonna let you back on to the music. I'll see you guys next Wednesday. Later.